Hi again, everyone. Thanks for joining us on LJN Radio. I'm Tim Muma, and this is Technically Speaking, our look at how technology and social media are both impacting businesses and employment. We're going to talk about social media strategy a bit today, find out from our expert guest just why people do choose to share, or in some cases not share, a lot of that content that businesses post within the social media world. Giving us that insight today is Kelsey Johnson. She's the marketing coordinator for Fractal, which actually they've also done a lot of research into this as well. Kelsey, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, social media, extremely popular, big deal. People often wonder, is it going to stick around in terms of the businesses and how they engage with their possible consumers? What's your take on the importance of social media and businesses and if really you need to be on there to have any chance nowadays? Well, there's no question that social media is absolutely an important ground for businesses to have conversations with their consumers. But the important thing for businesses to remember is that it's really about conversation. And that's one of the things that we find with our latest research on identity is that consumers really are looking for and are most eager to engage with and share messages that communicate something. They don't necessarily want to be sold, they don't want to be told, but they do want to feel like they're having a conversation and that they're relating in some way to the messages that businesses are putting out. Right. Well, you mentioned identity there. I thought that was interesting. You, As I said, you guys have done some research with this. What kind of identity are we talking about? How does that relate to the social media world where people, again, you know, are sharing certain aspects of what they're talking about or what they like or don't like? Where does this identity piece come in and what exactly are we talking about? Well, identity is actually a really important part of the user experience on social media. There was a study that came out from Facebook and Carnegie Mellon University where they found that 71% of users will censor the posts that they write or the comments that they almost publish. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that self-censorship is revolving around issues of identity. They're not sure either how their comments or posts will be perceived by the people that will read them. Or they have second thoughts about who, in fact, their audience is. You know, on Facebook and Twitter, you might have employers, you might have students. If you're a teacher, you might have close friends and more distant friends, all people that you would talk to very differently in real life. But on Facebook, they're all in one place. And so users are very cautious about what they're willing to share and how they're willing to represent their identities by sharing. If you think about the way you might, you know, talk to your best friend versus the way you might talk to your boss, you kind of see how those two identities might be different. So what we've done recently is we surveyed a thousand people, all adults, but from all different age ranges and all across the United States to learn a little bit more about exactly what types of identities are important to them when they're sharing online, the types of people they, they want to be and how they see themselves. And so what we found was out of five aspects of identity, more superficial types like how you look and how old you are and things like that to relational and personal identity, which has to do with your relationships and your goals and values. Surprisingly to us, we found that people rate their relational identity most important. Hmm. They care more about how their friendships will be affected and how their relationships will be affected by the content that they share rather than their, you know, how they're here that day or, you know, their race and religion. Right. What that said to us is that, you know, content that helps people communicate in their friendships is going to be 
more highly shared than content that maybe is is a reflection of some of those more collective identity factors. Well, and as you touched on there, the idea of those relationships that people are having on social media and the idea that being a good friend, as you also mentioned there, is is extremely valuable. How does that relate then to if I see something from a business or a product that I use, how do we start to mesh where that comes into play or how that works? Because at least from my point of view, it seems it can be extremely difficult to find that balance. Well, you know, one way to think of it is as friends, one thing that we do for each other is you want to share something. And our survey respondents also said that they want to share things that entertain Mm -hmm. more than anything else. Entertaining and educating were the two priorities that they indicated when we asked them what's most important to you about the content that you share, about the type of content you share. And so, you know, as a friend, you want to make people smile. You want to share information that's relevant to what may be going on in their lives. And so one way to do that as a business is to, you know, can you capture a moment where your product or service is maybe making people happy or improving some aspect of their lives? And so capturing sentiments like that is a really great way to create highly shareable content and highly relational content. If you can highlight rather than, you know, maybe some of the more technical details, or if you can highlight technical details in a way that relates back to solving a problem for someone, that's going to make your content more relation-based and more highly shareable. You touched on the aspect of religion and that people actually don't see that as being necessarily a factor or something they don't want to get into within social media. Mm -hmm. How might that change how a business would approach something in terms of the content they put out there or maybe some sort of phrasing that they use? Does that play a role? You know, that was a really interesting insight from this study, too. Our respondents ranked their goals and values extremely highly. After their relational identities, their friendship-based identities, their personal identity, which has to do with goals and values, was the second most important aspect in our study. Right. Religion actually ranked the very lowest. Hmm. It's an interesting dichotomy there. Our theory on this is that you know, in as much as we have very diverse friendship circles on social media, and people might be sensitive to the fact that they may have a wide variety of religions among their friend groups or social groups, they do care very much about representing the values that are important to them. Right. But they don't necessarily want to alienate people who may have different beliefs. Therefore, promoting one religion over another, a very strong, you know, affiliation with one group or another may be something that that people see as potentially offensive or potentially off-putting for more diverse groups of friends, but they still care about maintaining their value structure. So highlighting something like, you know, honesty or friendship or integrity is still very safe and very much appreciated by audiences. But when it comes to the more strict religious lines, it seems like audiences are a little bit more cautious about that type of material. Right. On the flip side of that, you talk about being cautious. Of course, there are people out there that are just going to say and do what they want. You can't control that. Is there any concern from businesses or do you look into this at all? Certain people, you don't want them necessarily favoriting your post or sharing it because they have a bad reputation. There might be some negative component to what they're sharing. Can you control that at all? Do you just have to say, hey, that's, you know, we, we can't control everything in terms of social media? How do you handle that? concern that somebody talking about your content that you really prefer they didn't? Sure. We've seen an example of this recently with the sports team that 
asked uh, their Twitter followers to, I think the question was, tweet their favorite thing about the team. And there was a racial slur that was, it ended up being the most retweeted comment, which is, you know, from a PR standpoint is a nightmare. Um, It's not the type of reputation you want at your brand, sports team or otherwise. And so, you know, it's definitely an issue that businesses need to consider when they are engaging on social media. It's, it's, a live conversation. And if you're dealing with multiple time zones, comments may happen after hours that you may not catch right away, or things can be added to posts weeks, months later by by someone with a strong opinion that you don't have to agree with. And so to have a a social media voice, you do need to understand that you need to dedicate time to monitoring it. And it's really up to businesses to decide whether they are willing to engage in that kind of conversation or whether they will delete comments if they cross a certain line. In the case of the sports team, they did end up taking that comment down, mm-hmm. but it's it's a line that businesses do need to understand can happen. The more visible your business is, the more likely it is that it will happen. At the same time, there's, there's the idea that, you know, no PR is necessarily bad PR. And so are you willing to take the risk and, and deal with it for the sake of having more of a conversation and, and humanizing your business to all of your all of your followers. Moving back a little bit to the idea of, of course, you wanting individuals to share your content, would you have any particular pieces of advice for the businesses out there who maybe haven't done a good job with this yet or that they're trying to get more involved as far as engaging with their consumers online and in the social media realm? Is there something you could offer up to them as far as really trying to focus that and what they can do, some steps they can take to really get better at allowing people to share their content? Well, there's several different things that you can look at, but the first I would suggest would be to really evaluate where consumers in your vertical are on social media. There's a lot of studies out there. Uh, We have a, a new one up on our site on social content popularity and social traction. And it's really important to know that if you are in the business vertical, for example, most of your potential audience is on LinkedIn and on Facebook and then Twitter. So it doesn't make sense necessarily unless you have you know, a different segment of, of business to maybe put so many eggs in a Pinterest basket. Right. Food, on the other hand, is the only vertical where most of the sharing, the majority of the sharing happens on Pinterest. So Depending on your business, investing just a little bit of time, 30 minutes, a couple of hours to look at where customers are most likely to find you on social media can really give you a lot of guidance on where to invest your time and energy. From there, I think the second most important thing you can do is take a look at the most shared content on those sites. You can scroll through your own feed. You can use a product or use a service like BuzzFemo or SEMrush to take a look at some popular keywords or take a look at some content that's shared from particular domains that matter in your vertical and see what gets shared most, what's earning the most attention on different platforms. That'll also give you some guidance on structuring your content, structuring the kinds of things that you put out there. If you see, for example, using buzzfemo.com that 
Facebook is sharing lots of infographics related to education, then that might tell you, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to write some infographics and I'm going to try to push them more so on Facebook than on, you know, LinkedIn this week or right. for the next couple of months. There's definitely a lot of easy research that can help give you some guidelines and then try it out for a few months. Make sure you are watching your analytics and then review and see what's working. But I think that's where a lot of ground is to be gained is by paying a lot of attention to where your customers are and the types of content they want to see on those channels. Well, definitely sounds like there's a lot of opportunity for businesses out there to to reach out and really find out what's going to fit for them. And I appreciate you bringing up some of that information as well as we've been talking about why people do share or may not share that content as well. Kelsey, we are getting low on time, but I wanted to give you the floor at the end if you wanted to give our listeners a final takeaway, something that you wanted to emphasize or maybe we didn't touch on in terms of being able to share that content uh, and hopefully that those consumers will also share. What would you want to leave us with today? Well, one thing that I think is really interesting in the in the industry right now is there's a lot of articles going back and forth about the way that Facebook will be changing in the next six months, year. Right now, it is the social media giant where most of content is shared by an overwhelming degree. Our latest study says 340% of content is shared more on Facebook than on the other four major social platforms. And as we look at Facebook favoring content-based posts over promoted ads or the value-based posts over sales-type posts. I think it's more important than ever that businesses really focus on understanding the things that consumers want to read and share. And from our study, we found that they want to share content that helps them show their friends that they are a good friend, helps them communicate to their loved ones in their social circles that they have very strong values and that they want to share them. And so I think, honestly, it's a good place for social media to be is getting back to being about what the users want and the kinds of ways that they want to have social interactions on these platforms. Well, that'll wrap it up for us here on this edition of Technically Speaking. Again, we've been talking about just why users do share or don't share a lot of that content posted by businesses. And we've been talking today with Kelsey Johnson, the marketing coordinator for Fractal. Kelsey, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks so much. Have a good day. And if you do want to find out more about Fractal and what they've done their research on, you can go ahead to their website. That is frac.tl. So once again, that's frac.tl. And you can find out all about Fractal and what they're doing as far as their research goes as well. If you want to get in touch with us, you can shoot us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. If you have any future topics in mind, you can also reach out to us on Twitter. Find us at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.